This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Hello and welcome back to the e-commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters from Acadia. And today I'm joined by a client of ours, Sergio Zuluaga from the company, from the apparel brand Mahi. Sergio is married to Marcella and father of Emiliana, a 16-month-old girl, and Luciano, a boy who will hopefully arrive in March. Sergio is currently the CEO of Margie. He is 35 years old and has seven years of experience in the fashion industry, more specifically working in Margie. Before, he worked in finance for another seven years in departments like risk management and investment banking. He's very passionate about analytics, technology, and sustainability, and how the mix of these elements could transform the industry in the near future. Welcome to the show, Sergio. Hi, Kerry. Thank you. Thank you so much for the introduction and for having me here. I mean, it's my pleasure to be here today chatting with you about many things around commerce, e-commerce, and fashion industry, of course. Yeah. So you're a client and also a fan of the podcast, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I've been like listening to the podcast in the last like a couple of years and it's amazing the content that you produce and it's really helpful for company like Magi that are constantly looking for knowledge about these like uh, maybe new channels and new markets for us. Yeah. And I'd love to dig into that today because Magi is a Colombian apparel brand in the swimwear category. And you have over half of your business is actually offshore in the US. And this is something that we get a lot of questions about, either from brands that are US-based that are looking to expand into other markets or from brands outside of the US looking to expand into the US. And it's obviously a very attractive market given the size and relative wealth, but there's a lot of competition and it's very crowded in almost every category. And you've been remarkably successful bringing Margie to the States. So I'd love to dig into that with you today. Of course, of course. We would be like a more than open to share our history and our story that path to win the US market, at least the way we see it. Fantastic. Well, let's, if you could give some background on Margie for those who aren't familiar with the brand. Of course, as you already said, Maji is a Colombian summer lifestyle brand, and we have a very clear and defined purpose, which is aimed to create positive impacts by sharing magic. We define that like a magic factor as the fun of the endless summer state of mind, which is, I mean, for us, is full of surprises and simple details. We are in the business because we love to share the magic of our beautiful country before was were telling me a a little bit about your experience living here in Colombia. And, you know, I mean, we have a lot to share with the world. So that's why we are in business, because we want to share with the whole world, the beautiful of our country and our people. And we do it through each piece of garment we produce and ship. And of course, through each piece of content we also create to be consumed by our, like a constantly growing and diverse audience in the whole world. Mahi was co-founded by two sisters, Manuela and Amalia Sierra, almost 20 years ago. And since the very beginning of the brand, they decided to target the international markets. 
it was like a, the vision they had from the very beginning because they identified the opportunity to grow the brand, especially in like a more, let's say, sophisticated markets like the US and Europe. Our core has always been a swimwear, but in recent years, we also expanded into other categories, aiming to really become that summer lifestyle brand that we are like a pursuing. So we are offering our customers a full range of products to be used in, in different moments of their lives. For example, the moment when they wake up early in the morning and go out to do some workout or just after the beach or the pool or when they are visiting some shopping malls or bar, maybe wearing one of our dressy dresses or long pants until they go to bed wearing our cool and relaxing pajamas, which is the last like a category we launched during the pandemic. It was like an innovation we made in that moment of time because we were looking how to use some of the fabrics that we already had in our warehouse. So pajamas came like, as a good idea. Today is one of the like, uh, categories that is growing faster in our company. Just to, to finish a little bit about the business context of Magi, Magi started its internationalization process by developing a strong wholesale business, especially in the U.S., and since the very beginning, we also developed a local retail business here in Colombia, a physical local business, physical retail business here in Colombia. We currently have nine stores here in Colombia in five cities, two here in Medellin, which is our home city, two in Bogota, which is the country capital city, three in Cartagena, which is one of the like uh, most beautiful cities in Colombia, Please, if you have the opportunity, you have to go there and, and know, especially the old town of Cartagena. I mean, the magic of that place is just breathtaking. We have three stores there, one additional store in Barranquilla, which is also in the north part of the country, and one in Cali, in the south part of the, of the country. Then we, in 2018, we decided to launch our e-commerce business, our own direct-to-consumer online business. We launched first here in Colombia, and in 2019, we decided to take it abroad. Probably, I can say that since that, the online business has multiplied by seven. And now it represents around 20% of Magi's total turnover. I mean, it's been quite wow. a journey. But yeah, of course, especially during and after the pandemic, with all the changes, the turmoil, also the tailwind that that moment in time represented to online businesses. It's been incredible, incredible. And of course, we are also, we are still learning a lot of things and we see many challenges in the years to come, especially in how to manage an integrated business between the B2B and the B2C channels because we're born strong in wholesale, but now we want to develop faster our direct-to-consumer business, not just online, but also physical and we have in the middle some kind of players that do both, like Amazon, like Sappos, Revolve, among others. So that's the challenge. In my point of view, I think the winner will be the one capable to articulating in the best way possible the interaction between the physical and the online world and the wholesale and the retail worlds too. So that's where we are. That's amazing. So just to recap, 2019 was when you decided to bring this brand abroad. And today, how much of your total revenue does the U.S. market represent? 
The US market represents something close to 60% of our revenue in both channels, wholesale and e-commerce. We don't have today physical like a presence by let's say magic branded stores, not yet. But in those two channels, we are making 60% of our revenue. And which of the department stores or other wholesale brick and mortar stores do you sell to in the US? We are in the, let's say, in the big ones, but also in the small ones. I mean, I think that's one of the of those capabilities that we were able to develop from the very beginning that made us successful in the market because we are able to, let's say, to serve orders from many sizes, from many places. We are, for example, in Nordstrom. We are in Anthropology. We are in Revolve, in Amazon in a specialized swimwear store in the south part of the country. It's called Everything But Water. But also we are in many short shops in SoCal, for example. We are also in many boutiques, in hotels. I mean, we have presence in more than 600 doors all across the United States. So I think that's key for us, the capability to serve all the country at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, so I asked that question because since 2019 to today, you know, that's only three years and to have covered so much ground going from zero to being in 600 doors and also, you know, very significant online presence as well, D2C. So this is sort of a dream scenario for a lot of brands to be able to get that much wholesale coverage and then the online success that you've seen as well. What have you done to create that success story? It's been a long journey, of course, as in every like business or startup or entrepreneurship you have. But I will summarize it in like in three, let's say, game changers attitudes. I think that the first one is don't be shy, but be aware of the risk. And this is especially because we had to make many like tough decisions in the past, especially allocating a significant amount of financial resources in just like one or two specific decisions that can help us to build this presence in the U.S. market. For example, I mean, hiring the U.S. team for us was a very big bet in terms of resources because, I mean, we are a Colombian company. We are like a self-funded. We don't have like any kind of financial support from a private equity or a venture capital fund. We fund ourselves with our operation, of course, with some financial partners. But we made a decision that we need to hire the best team in the place so we can access to this wholesale market in the best way possible. So we made that decision, of course, very aware of the decision we were making. But at the end, we did it. The second would be full commitment. We as a company had very clear that the U.S. market is the priority. I mean, from the very beginning, Manuela and Amalia had the co-founders of Magi had that in mind. There is a small story about this, but at the beginning, Magi wasn't Magi. I mean, the name of the brand was completely different, but they decided to change it because it was already registered in the U.S. market in our category. So, I mean, if it is not possible to sell with that brand in the U.S. market, we need to change it. So we did it. And that's how Magi was born as a brand. But that also speaks a lot about the commitment that the founders had with the development 
of the US market from inception, let's say like that. So all the company focus on learning about the market, about the logistics, about the marketing, about the product, about the consumer, about everything we had to learn about to be able to tackle the market. And the third one will be consistency. I think consistency is always important, especially in businesses, because businesses are long run. So we need to be consistent in the effort that we're pursuing and don't give up if we don't see immediate results. So I think those three things has been key for us in this path. That's great. And what are some things that you would have done differently or, you know, advice that you would give to other brands trying to break into the US market? I think, of course, we have to thank a lot to the wholesale business because it's the way we were able to enter the market. But if I like could do it in a different way, I mean, I would do it wholesale, but with some direct-to-consumer business at the same time. Because that will have allowed us to learn more about the consumer, about like the yeah the final market without the middleman. Not because we need to invest in both at the same time, the same amount. Maybe, I mean, and for me, I think the key successful factor of Maji was the way we leveraged on wholesale to build the brand. Because that way we invest less in marketing and we can focus on product, which is our core or which was our core at the time. But having a small share of that consumer business will be always helpful and will make it easy to grow when you're ready. We learned like at the tough way and hopefully, and this is something that is like a casualty, but we were able to launch our online business before the pandemic, just like a six months or eight months before the pandemic. But my recommendation would be Think about it from the very beginning. You can do both, maybe not in the same like size, but do both. Yep. I think that's a really important point. And I do see some brands choosing to focus just on the online presence. And that can be for the benefits that you mentioned, getting direct feedback, maybe things, you know, people have different preferences in a new market that you're not familiar with, things like that. But it can be really hard to build up awareness for a totally new brand in a new market. And I think that that's what you were able to gain through that wholesale business model is very immediate brand awareness from, you know, when you're in Nordstrom, when you're in anthropology, in hotel boutiques like you are currently, that gives a great deal of, that really means something to people. It's a trusted brand you can get to that level of trust much faster than a totally new D2C brand that you're going to need to drive a ton of traffic to from Facebook or, you know, that's exactly. become a very challenging landscape, especially in the last 12 months. So Absolutely. I mean, that's the strategy. That was the strategy. It is still is the strategy for other markets because we want to go to other markets. We want to grow the used market, especially in direct consumer business. But we are now looking into other markets as well. So Europe, Australia, Middle East, and we want to replicate our strategy, but of course, taking into account the lessons that we already learned by having at the same time a, a small a step, a small step in the direct consumer business while we build brand awareness through wholesale in other markets. 
And we worked together on the Amazon business for Margie. What role do you see marketplaces playing in that strategy? Well, I think it's a very important role. Taking some of your words, gaining trust with the consumer when you are a foreign, let's say, brand, it's a key. Marketplaces help you in that process because I think marketplaces usually are the first place where like uh, consumers go to discover new brands or at least to validate if a brand really exists and is really capable to ship your goods from their, let's say, home market location. So if you are in Amazon, especially if you are a vendor in Amazon, you will, I think both models are good. And, you know, we are in conversations to explore seller vendor as well. But being a vendor of Amazon gives you consumers, I mean, a lot of trust when they are buying there. And it's the way they can have a first contact to the brand and to the product, which is our way to, let's say, yeah, to acquire our customers through our product. I am really, really convinced that once a customer tried Magi, it won't like try any other brand in the future, at least for the, let's say, daily life in terms of swimwear, beachwear, activewear, etc. And if we also take into consideration the changes that we are seeing, for example, in retail media, marketplaces will be very strategic when talking about digital marketing, because we as a brands or as Magi are looking for more diversification in terms of digital marketing investment and what is Currently going on with Facebook, for example, we see marketplaces as a very good option to invest our budget, our marketing budget to keep like uh, growing in terms of new customers, especially. So we see them as a key players in the middle, connecting like uh, the physical and the online world. And yeah, I mean, we are trying to develop them as well as we can, and especially with the help of agencies like your agency. Yeah, I think, I mean... My whole job is around Amazon and retail marketplaces. So you might say that I have a little bit of a bias or at least a bent towards it. But when I think about what you explained as the wholesale model and having product available in large stores and the benefits of D2C, there's sort of with marketplaces, you can kind of get the best of both worlds in that you have the trust of the brand of Amazon. If I buy something from Amazon, I know I'm going to get it. But then you can also, if you're clever about it, you can get a lot of feedback directly from the market about, you know, what products are doing well, what changes do people want to see. If you're looking at the product reviews for comments and that can help inform in your case, like the design process and what kind of maybe sizing is a little bit different and things like that. You can get the direct feedback from the customer that you're not necessarily going to get from, you know, your Nordstrom buyer, for example. I also see that I don't want to have people get the impression that just using Amazon to expand into a new country is going to be sufficient. That's a huge trap because I think you need to have one or ideally several other mechanisms to build brand awareness. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really believe that diversification is the key in terms of channels, in terms of like marketing platforms, in terms of almost everything. We've seen the world 
like a changing from one side to the other in, in just two years, from the digital to the physical, to the, from the physical to the digital. And at the end, to be successful in the long run, we will need to be involved and, of course, everywhere. I mean, for us, like making happy our consumer, it's to be able to be as close as possible to them. And we as a brand won't be able to cover all the angles but if we work with our partners, with marketplaces, with wholesale accounts, with other direct consumer brands, maybe we will be able to do it. And of course, that will help us in the way of gaining more brand awareness in the markets. Just on a tactical level, what did you find to be effective marketing channels in the new market? I hear a lot of brands in your previous position going straight for organic social influences. And then I also see a huge amount of value in traditional PR as well. So I'm, I'm just curious which of those you leveraged and what was most effective? Yeah, it's a tough question because, I mean, I think we are looking for that answer as well. I think it's a matter of try, especially when you are new in the market or new in a new business model, as we were in the online business just three, four years ago. At the beginning, we tried to do it very organic without many like, inorganic investment to acquire customers. We leveraged on the brand awareness we got through our wholesale business before. And initially it worked, but at the end we weren't like getting enough new customers. So we saw the growth going down at some point. So we decided to change the strategy and now we are trying to see a more balanced strategy between acquiring new customers through let's say digital marketing but also investing more in branding maybe as you said traditional branding is still very valid and very needed especially when you are building brands in fashion industry and we want to project something different to our customers as a brand so we need to invest also in branding and investing also in retention strategies is key. I think we need to have a very clear strategy in terms of retention, loyalty programs. We don't have a loyalty program yet, but we know that we need to work on it in the next couple of years. We are first like uh, working on data on CRM, which are like uh, assets that we need to have before we launch a good loyalty program. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a matter of balance between organic, between traditional branding and between retention. Yep. That makes sense. Definitely. Okay. So I've got two sort of rapid fire questions for you to wrap up. What have you changed your mind about? Many things, but I mean, let's say I completely changed my mind about the possibility of doing business in different channels in the same market at the same time. It's like trying to wrap up our conversation is what we've said before. At the beginning, we, as Maji, we were afraid of the collateral damage that our direct-to-consumer business could have on our wholesale business. But in the end, we were able to realize that the more brand exposure through e-commerce, through digital marketing, to physical retail, I mean, every possible way is a winning for all. In that way, we are increasing the brand awareness in the market. We are making the brand more desirable and we have much more options to the consumer to find us making them happier. 
So yep. that's how we really create positive impacts to our, let's say, customers. And that's the way we live our purpose. So, Yep. Excellent. And what are you excited about? Rapid changing world about everything. Every single day, it's something to be excited about. But something that is like a calling our attention, it's the increasing competition in the retail media networks. I mean, working with traditional retailers, we've seen that they are trying to enter in this new yes. business model, which is offering or working as media networks as well. We are seeing them facing a lot of challenges to do that, but also the opportunity is there, especially with what is going on with data protection, the impact of marketing and performance marketing in the last, let's say, 18 months. So we are seeing many, many of the traditional retailers working on that. And we are yeah. excited about it because it will be an additional opportunity for Magi to invest in more brand awareness in customers that already they can know the brand. But the challenge for us would be to be able to allocate the marketing budget in yes. such a proper way that we optimize every layer of the funnel without burning out our marketing budget. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, that could be a challenge because each of the, you know, Macy's has a retail media network, Nordstrom has one that's quite, they're keeping quiet for some reason. But they, you know, you could do some pretty interesting things and same with Amazon where you're targeting shoppers at different stages of the journey. So we might have a brand awareness ad that we're showing to an Amazon customer. Hey, look, this is, you know, Margie is a brand with a really unique sort of look and then targeting them lower in the funnel when they're actually searching for, you know, pajamas or something like that. And conceivably the same sort of options with other retailers but the issue is you don't know when someone is crossing over from macy's to amazon necessarily where they are in that shopping journey it's very siloed but definitely agreed that just having that capability to if you're really going hard with nordstrom as a customer and that's a great way to reach your ideal shopper then of course advertising on their retail media network is a great opportunity it is it is and we are very excited about it Excellent. Well, thank you for joining me, Sergio. Great to chat with you. Really excited for all the success that you've seen in the US and really excited to hear about opening some Margie stores stateside and expanding to new markets as well. No kidding. Thank you. On the contrary, thank you so much for having me here today and letting me share some magic with the e-commerce brain trust audience.